This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. But I had a horrible Halloween. Deja vu. Because I was editing Monday's podcast and it was really cursed. S- subpar. Well, it was not up to James' perspective. I, it was not standards. up to, not even close to our, not in uh, a listable standard. Steve Lee is the one that pointed out that you were the only, Victoria, by the way, Victoria, say good morning, Victoria. Good morning. Victoria is here. It's not just the dynamic duo. I don't know what we call it when she's on. It's Victoria's day. I call it the full crew. <laughs> but you know, we're going to be talking the law when she's here. Yep. That's all she thinks about is the law. She's the law. So you spent your Halloween fixing the podcast on Monday. Yeah, I fixed it. Here's the little thing. It, I had two folders that had the exact same name on them. And I kept putting the old one that didn't work at all mm. and publishing it on Podbean. And I kept going, ah, stuff like that. I've heard you before. I scared away all the children. We didn't have to give out candy. He usually has colorful (laughs) metaphors mixed in with it. I had, uh, yeah, and there were a few things that got thrown. Well, we have an exciting program today. I really am looking forward to this. And the podcast is about the impeachment of Justice Chase, which was what, uh, 1804. Um, Thomas Jefferson was in office. And the Supreme Court, uh, John Adams, right before he, between the time of his election, by the time, between the time of Thomas Jefferson's election and the time he took office, Adams appointed a bunch of federal judges, one of them, which was, um, just said his name. Daniel Chase? No, no, the the, uh, chief justice. Oh, uh, Marshall. Marshall, yes. Justice Marshall was in there, but one of them was just, was uh, a, a regular what do you call those guys when you're just a regular old Supreme Court justice? They have a name oh, for an that. Associate. Associate, yeah. Associate judge. See, she's here to keep me going. <laughs> That's right. So the so the one of the associate judges was Justice Chase. And the Repub- the, the Democrat Republicans, what they were called at the time, wanted him out. But we're gonna go into why. It wasn't just him. It goes a lot deeper than that. Um, but anyway, um, that's what we're gonna talk about today. And I think it's very, very Important, I think, is it to, to understand the history of this, to understand the impeachments that have happened in your lifetime. Three, when were you born? 2000. So you were not born when Clinton Mm-mm. was impeached. We have been, Glenn and I have been alive for three quarters of the impeachments of presidents. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know how we want to, to get this big ball rolling. But um, I think we probably should start with the with the with sort of the history of the, the, what was going on at the time. It's very important to understand that. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. We talked about it beforehand, so I was not asking a difficult question. <laughs> so why don't you give give a summary? You know, I'll fill in the gaps. Thank you. Yeah. So um, as you said, Samuel Justice, uh, former associate Samuel Chase. Samuel, what did I say? Justice. Justice. Oh yeah, Samuel Chase. Sam. I'm sorry. Sam J. <laughs> she has a new mic and headphones on. That's why this is weird. <laughs> you ladies and gentlemen. 
Yeah, former associate justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. He was a um, very strong federalist, so um, had very, very strong political convictions. That's really kind of what his reputation was. He said some pretty interesting things on the bench sometimes. A lot of people, you either, if you were a federalist, you loved him. If you weren't, you hated him. Um, So very dividing kind of guy. Um, So his impeachment was definitely politically motivated. So a little bit of, you know, the political context of the era. So Samuel Chase was a federalist and his impeachment takes place in this backdrop of a battle between the federalists and the Democratic Republicans, which was the party of Thomas Jefferson. Um, Samuel Chase and Courts throughout America were um, predominantly led by Federalist judges um, in the presidency before Jefferson. You had Adams, who at the end of his presidency had appointed several justices to the bench in circuits across um, the United States. So the Democratic Republicans who um, once Jefferson was elected now had a majority in the House, the Senate. They had a Democratic Republican in the executive and they weren't too happy about having a federal judiciary. So a lot of... Um, Could you point that at you a little bit better? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of the reasoning behind trying to get Samuel Chase impeached was um, political, and it was the result of a battle over um, who would control the courts, essentially. Thomas Jefferson really wanted that stronghold in the legislature, the executive, and the judiciary so he could get done what he wanted to get done during his presidency. Um, There were a couple of other things, too. Um, At this time in American history, there was still a really big battle over what um, the judiciary was going to look like and what type of power the courts would have. Um, This impeachment came in the wake of Marbury versus Madison, a Supreme Court decision that gave the courts um, the power of judicial review, which is huge. Um, One of the biggest cases in American history. Let's let's do a little pause on that. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I would say it's the. Mm -hmm most important decision that defines the power of the judiciary and what it, what its role to play in, in national politics is. It'd be heck, even local. All right. In that in that case, I don't know if you're prepared to talk about it. Not really. Okay. In that case, um, it's just what she said. Uh, Adams, after he was defeated, he made a bunch of last minute appointments. And one of them was a, an appointment that was not judicial. Can't even remember what it was. It was something like dog catcher. Or post what? office, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, he, uh, Jefferson's um, Mulberry mm-hmm. was one of Jefferson's men. He refused, rent men, he refused to um, give the job to that, to, to that guy. It was, he wasn't even named in the suit. It was Mulberry versus Madison, but it was, we want you to. Mulberry was wanting to, uh, excuse me, Madison was the Secretary of State. I'll get it right. Madison was Secretary of State. Mulberry sued to say, hey, you got to make him, you got to accept that appointment. Now, the case was decided not on that issue. The case was decided on subject matter jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And was that, what, what's the significance of sub, subject matter jurisdiction? If um, you don't have subject matter ju- jurisdiction, the court can't hear your case. So if they don't have jurisdiction over that particular subject, like nowadays, um, divorce or bankruptcy, certain courts can't hear those, then they have to throw the case out. Right. And, and then it was that way then. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the ruling in that case was that you could not sue straight to the Supreme Court to get this equity judgment. Mm-hmm. You had to go to a lower court first. So Justice Marshall should have just thrown it out right there, not made it, not even commented on this. But instead, he ruled that the, that the court has 
authority over what is constitutional and not constitutional and how these laws are to be interpreted. And you're going to have to do what we say, mm-hmm. even though he should have just thrown it out. That's a judicial principle that if you have no jurisdiction, you throw it out. There's absolutely that court. As soon as he said, as soon as Marshall said, we don't have subject matter jurisdiction. That means nothing else he says matters. Yet it's the most important decision that defines def- that defines the court's power and and its role in interpretation of statutes in the Constitution. Okay, that's an important case. That yeah. case had you know it was less than three years into his administration when Justice Chase was an attempt was to be impeached. So we're talking that had to have just happened. It had just happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So in the wake of that case, you have two views on the responsibility of the courts and the independence of judges. So the Federalists believed that destroying judicial judicial independence would make judges bend to the House's and the legislature's whims and that they should be able to interpret the law. If people don't like the ways in which they interpret the law, it should be taken to their representatives who should work to appeal that law or to... um, rewrite that law. The Democratic Republicans were more of the view that judges should be, we should be able to impeach judges for errors in their judgment, that they're not free from our overview. Um, If they're participating in misconduct, we should be able to hold them accountable for that. So some two slightly different um, views of the independence of judges, just a really big political mess at the time, kind of similar to today, you know, um, one side versus another. Um, So that was kind of the background going into Chase's impeachment. Okay, and I just want to say this, Mm -hmm. that this is what I keep saying, that everybody says things are worse now than they used to be. And you got to be very careful about saying that. We definitely, this day and age, you'll say that was a Trump appointee. That was a a Biden appointee. There's still some Clinton appointees out there, believe it or not. Obama appointees. Bush, Bush two appointees, right? So you have that out there. You had the same thing there. Well, he was appointed by Adams. Yeah. You know, he's not one of us. All right. Now, I do want to add a few more mm-hmm. oh, historical yeah. issues that were going on. The, the we'll call them Democrats because that's what they ultimately, they're Democrat, Republican at the time, they're Republican mm-hmm. at the time, but they're really ultimately going to be Democrats. And the Whigs are ultimately going to be Republicans. This mm-hmm. was going to, eventually work its way to be in. But um, we, we, another thing I want to, we need to, to emphasize a little bit is that don't forget that in front of uh, John Adams was George Washington. Mm-hmm. So they had had 16 unimpeded years of appointing judges for life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was a big deal. And when Jefferson took over, one of the first things that happens is he's told, oh, you don't interpret the laws, by the way. We do that as judges. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. All right. He was accusing at the time the the Democrats were accusing the, the Whigs, the Federalists. They were accusing them of being royalist, favorable to England. And that's a really big thing to understand about what's getting ready to happen with Judge Justice Chase is that that literally Thomas Jefferson, when he would see John Adams, he saw the King of England. He he just could not stand that party mm-hmm. because they were acting like kings. Okay, that's what he thought. Yeah. And on the other side was that the Federalists thought that the Democrats were in the pocket of the French. Mm-hmm. And then when they were looking over there, they were seeing they were seeing 
anarchist. They were seeing murderers. They were seeing people who don't even like government, like me. <laughs> so <laughs> very, very important. It's very important to understand that. And, and, and we'll get to that. Um, the, the other thing that's going on is, is that there were some interpretations of some land dealings in Georgia called Yazoo Territories. They'd taken some land from Indians, American Indians, and there was a lot of speculation that took place with George Washington's people that bought that land cheap and were making big, big dollars of it. And they, they were they farming or <laughs> speculating, period, okay. period. They were wanting to resell it. They will flip it. That's what we call it now. Flipping it. Your, your mom's into the real estate, right? Yeah. <laughs> Flipping the house. Um, they, they, what's what the, the Supreme Court ruled those those contracts were valid. You have to pay them. Now, these things were going on. Mm-hmm. All right. They literally <coughs> hated it, hated each other. And at this time, one last thing that's very important is there was a group. I want to say it was Vermont, but it definitely was in New England. Uh, the SX Junto <laughs> were wanting to secede because of this. And it, we were being, uh, the England was cutting up by taking our sailors. We had, it was, it was questionable whether this country was going to make it. It, it was not a given at that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the constitution was what, was it ultimately 89? I mean, uh, 89, I think it was ratified in 88, but went into effect in 89. Is that right? In 1880, I mean, 1789. I believe so. Yes. Okay. So y- y- we know that the seven year war, some of those things were going on. Um, England was distracted. One of the reasons we were able to win. Um, but one of the things that was going on is very, very important is that England was also in India. And you wonder how would that tie into all this? And it ties into it in a very big way. Um, there, if you, if you, I'm going to give you my tricks on how I remember history. You, you memorize the, the mountain peaks and then you can fill in. So when you're looking at the history of England in India, mm-hmm. it's Clive and Hastings. Those are the two big names. And then after that, Wellesley, is that how you say his name? The hero at Waterloo? Who? Wellesley. Wellesley? Yeah, uh, good enough for me. Later. But right now, the one that's important is, um, is Hastings. He, he, he became very powerful over there. The, the, when, when England first went into India, it did not go over there with any tent, intent whatsoever of taking it over. They opened up little bitty trade posts, and you can picture them. Picture, picture in the Westerns, these little stores out there with the trading, trading posts. That's what they call them. Mail would come there. You buy feed or whatever you need. Not feed, probably not feed, but something. General Corn, store. General store. But you were trying, you, you, you trappers would go there and they would take the, you know, the, the uh, skins and they would trade them. And that's where you would go. That's what this was. Uh, India was probably one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest country in the world mm-hmm. at the time. And they were trading. That's all it was. Well, the Mughals lost power and got weak as it happens. And it was a power a power grab there and it was costing England money and Clive's basically put in his puppets without any intent whatsoever of controlling anything. He just put puppets in there so he could buy and sell. Mm-hmm. Now Clive's got rich and, and so did a whole bunch of other people. Now Winston Churchill, who believes that history is made by great men, he doesn't say anything about women, but he did love, <laughs> I, I say that he absolutely 
thought the best, maybe the best world leader ever was Elizabeth. So he, he gets a little bit bad name for that. But anyway, um, the, um, this is important that there were people coming back from India, fabulously wealthy, fabulously. And they had a name for them, like a new buzz or something. It was a, a bad name. And I wish I'd looked that up. But anyway, they, they were coming back rich and it was causing some anger of the people who were home in England that these people were coming back and they were just absolutely showing it off. Well, Winston Churchill's going like, well, <laughs> it's kind of a survival of the fittest thing. You go, to, you go to India, you die. You have a very, very more of a chance you're going to die there than you're going to come back rich. So you kind of deserve it. If you're one of the survivors, you'd kind of deserve that money. Clives came back with it and they tried to impeach him. I mean, excuse me. They tried to ruin him. Mm-hmm. Ruin Clive? Clive. Okay. He committed suicide. Okay. It, that's how bad the, the pressure on him was. Well, while he, Clives was the one who's, who set up it up where England was becoming territorial because they had to be. Otherwise, they lose their trading posts. Well, uh, Hastings went over there, was a clerk during all that stuff. I could get into his history, but the main the main thing you know, he was from what would be considered upper class. Uh, what do you call it? Not royalty. Uh, when you get knighted when you get knighted. Oh, what do you call those people? I don't know. Anyway, he had he had a name. He had that was big, and his grandfather lost a house, an estate. In his whole life, he wanted to get that estate back. He didn't really care about getting filthy rich. He wanted that estate back. Well, anyway, he goes, he goes to England because his father died. He, he can't afford to go to school. He goes to England. He's a clerk. And he also, Clives leaves. Something happens. Somebody has to take over. Hastings does it and straightens things out. Well, he had a, he had a rival named Francis, last name Francis. And this is important, I promise. Um, Francis, um, and he get into it. Francis is from the Whig Party. He doesn't like he doesn't like Hastings. They get into a duel, and he, and, and Francis gets the lesser of it, but he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. But he ends up going back to England. Well, he's done, he's in England stirring up anti Hastings thing while Hastings is working. Mm-hmm. He come Hastings comes back, and Edwin Edmund Burke. You recognize that name? Mm-hmm. He's the guy that was in the House of Commons that was supportive of the United States getting their independence. Okay. Okay, he's the one who they they go they they they, they decide to impeach. Mm-hmm. Um, now, very similar to the United States, what would be the House of Representatives? There's the House of Commons. That's where you impeach, and then and it takes just a majority vote, just like here, and then uh, and then the um, House of Lords. You have to have two thirds mm-hmm. to convict of high treason or misdemeanors. That's that's almost what it is. Now, the difference is it, in England, it's no question it was criminal. It was a criminal proceeding. Mm-hmm. So they were criminally charging him in his, as, his, as an officer. Hastings, they were. He, yes. So, so Burke was charging him with, I think, 96 counts oh. of crimes. Yeah. Wow. Sounds familiar. And it took like six days just to read them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wowzers. Now, so you had to read the entire thing, I'm assuming, not just this count. In other words, there was a long, drawn-out count. Count one, count two, count three, count four. He counted them all out, and he read them all. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. All right. 
Now, the the interesting thing is it starts in 88, doesn't end until 95. It's six years of doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he's ultimately acquitted. Mm-hmm. All right. But the the way that the way that the that was the first impeachment in a long, long time. I want to say the last one that was impeached was during Elizabeth's time. The last public official that had been impeached, and that would have been 1600. So we go all the way from the 1600, well, late early 1600s. Mm-hmm. It could have been late 1500s that that one happened, but it was been in her reign. She had a long reign. Can't tell you which exactly what year it was. Anyway, um, the way they had the courtroom set up is right. That's ends up ends up being how. Well, we'll get to this, but what's in, What's important is that England did it this way. Yeah. Okay. It's very important to sell to show that England set up their set up their um, the trial mm-hmm. with the people from the House of Commons who were presenting to the House of Lords. They set it up a certain way, and they set up where the gallery was for you to be able to sit a certain way. The English took their time and said, "This is where you sit if you're." Victoria, you're for Glenn. You're sitting over here. And I'm sure it was to keep them stabbing each other like their soccer games. You know, <laughs> so. So anyway, that's important to know. I promise you that oh, this yeah. was all to, to show that a very, very popular man who could not be convicted. He has all been acquitted, um, tried for political reasons mm-hmm. because Francis stirred things up and that this is how England did it again, starting one year or the year. The Constitution was signed and then the year before ratified and finished afterwards, but before the Chase trial. Mm-hmm. That's see you see the importance of it? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. these are these are happening about the same time. Okay. All right. Did, did that go too long? No. Okay. <laughs> That's the Hastings in, impeachment. Important to note, it was criminal. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the important thing to note. All right. Now we need to take a little step back and talk about Pickering. Are you able to talk about it? Or do I need to talk about that? I think you probably should. <laughs> okay. I told her I would take care of the background. Pickering was a district judge. That would be the same as the, the, the courthouse, the federal courthouse in Monroe, where Judge Doty is. He would be a district judge. Pickering was a district judge. I want to say New York. Is that right? Most of those Pickerings lived in New York. I think so. But we were, we sounded like we were... As racist then as we are now. At Pickering, they lived in New York. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Pickering was a drunk. Now, um, you got to understand that um, Thomas Jefferson, he matched wits with Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever matched wits with, 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 matched wits with Napoleon. That tells you how smart this guy is. Brilliant. Writes Declaration of Independence. I mean, this guy is thinking six, seven steps ahead of the rest of us, right? <clears throat> he wanted this, he wanted this um, impeachment of Pickering. And, and, and that's because he wanted to be able to impeach Marshall. So he's starting at the district court level. Then he's going to go pick off Chase mm-hmm. at the <clears throat> associate justice level. And then he was going after Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's where this thing was heading. Does this make sense, Glenn? Yeah. So, Sounds a lot like today. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see this. Justice Thomas. You're going to see you're going to see these things. Well, he was definitely a drunk. He wasn't showing up to court. He wasn't doing his job. And they were going to impeach him because the language is that you are appointed for life as long as you have good behavior. So how do you how do you kick someone out for bad behavior if it's not impeachment? Mm -hmm. 
that was their argument. This guy was clearly a bad guy. Okay. He definitely needed to be kicked off the bench. So they picked somebody they could win and barely did. It was close. Federal stuck by their people, just like we do now. Team play. Right. So anyway, the interesting thing is, is that his lawyer shows up to court or shows up to the impeachment proceeding. All right. So how it works in the, you know, do you want to go through that part? How you impeach somebody here? Yeah. um, So um, especially the case with Samuel Chase, a committee in the House got together. They collected evidence. They reviewed testimony. They got some witnesses. They decided on the articles in which they were going to impeach Chase or whoever it may be. They present it to the rest of the House. And then the House votes on whether or not to impeach that particular individual. And then it would, if they didn't vote <clears throat> to impeach them, it would go to trial in the Senate. Well, Ms. Phillips, did you read the, uh, the, uh, the constitutional impeachment? I did not. <laughs> You're going to talk about a case and you don't know <laughs> what constitutional provision applies? <laughs> That's my worst old man, Southerner. I got it. I got that said to a million times. Basically, this is that it does say that I'm not going to be able to tell you which one it is, but I can paraphrase it. The impeachments are begun in the House mm-hmm. by a majority vote. OK, now she's explaining how they went about doing that, but that's not in the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the procedure they came up with. Mm-hmm. Where do you think they got it? England. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're limeys. OK. Well, ooh, like it. So you sound like we we need to, well, anyway, Mm -hmm. we'll move on. So you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. They have this procedure. Now explain the procedure. Oh, um. You do it again. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Um, no, um, they, um, a smaller committee in the House of Representatives gets together. They collect evidence. They go through witness testimony. They present that to the rest of the House of Representatives who then vote on whether or not to impeach that particular individual. If they get a majority vote, then it goes to trial in the Senate and the Senate um, conducts a trial in a way that they see fit, which is where um, Aaron Burr was big, if I'm correct, in deciding how they were going to conduct the trial of Samuel Chase. And then that requires a two-thirds majority vote to um, remove somebody from from office. And one of the things, though, that, that is big that you're missing, mm-hmm. you, you probably overlooked it, is that the House of Representatives appoints people to be presenters of yes. the evidence mm-hmm. to the Senate. The Senate does get to overrule it. It happened in the, the second impeachment of Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, um, in other words, what happened was they were going to keep putting on evidence in the Senate. Did we heard enough of this? Mm-hmm. Did um, in the Constitution is there a provision for impeachment at all, or nothing? Yeah, there is. It's uh, I want to say Article One, sec- Section Five, Clause Two, but I I maybe have that wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, wow, James, I can't believe you might have that wrong. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> but it's in there. But basically, the, 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 it's not much in there. It just says that the impeachment is done by the house they, they, they're the ones that initiate if this were if this were it would be very similar to this a prosecutor indicts and then goes to court and presents it so the prosecutor decides whether or not to indict or to present it to a grand jury grand jury could do it then and, and then that's so one's one's indictment one's a, i had it really backwards bill of information comes from the prosecutor an indictment comes from the grand jury. That's where a prosecutor takes it. Then it goes to court and a jury decides. Mm-hmm. So if you would take impeachment out and just say um, Trump was indicted and then it went to court and he was acquitted. Okay. Now the question, all right, well, with, 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 let's go back now to Pickering. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So they they went through that. The 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 house went through the procedure. I want to say headed by Randolph. That's success significant. Randolph was a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. All right. But anyway, so they get to the day of the trial, the actual Senate trial, and Pickering doesn't show up. He sends his lawyer. And his lawyer says he doesn't, there's no reason for him to come. He's nuts. He's incompetent to stand trial. Um, you're trying somebody who can't defend himself. Okay. Was that true or? I don't think it was. I think he's just a drunk. Okay. Now, but that's what happened. So the Senate, they get to decide, they decide to go ahead and hear it anyway. And they put on evidence of him being a drunk and him not doing his job. And the argument was uh, he doesn't have to commit a crime. He didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. He didn't steal anything. He just wasn't doing his job. And it says on good behavior, well, this is as bad a behavior as you can get. They picked a good one to try to impeach. This is really bad behavior. So what high crimes and misdemeanors is, is you're in high office and you're doing things that are not right. And so we can impeach you on that. Otherwise, how are we going to kick you out? What's good behavior? doesn't matter. You just, just is it for life or is it life for good for life with good behavior? Mm-hmm. So they were able to get it, Jack, to get, uh, to get Pickering acquitted. All right. Now, there was another one that's, I, I gave you the name earlier, but there was another one in Pennsylvania where a state judge was um, putting people, <laughs> you know how um, they keep finding Trump um, for, um, they keep finding Trump for um, contempt of court. Yeah. And they keep hitting him with that. Mm-hmm. This judge kept hitting Republicans or Democrats with, <laughs> with, with, with a contempt of court, putting them in jail for several days and keeping them from doing their business. Mm-hmm. And they tried to impeach him at the state level and failed. Okay. Right about that same time. Okay. So the important thing is they, um, Thomas Jefferson, who's a who's six, seven steps ahead of the rest of us, was tried to get those two impeachments done in order to get to Marshall. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that takes care of the background, doesn't it? Yeah, that I think that is a good too much, maybe. I don't think so. I think it's it's all important. <laughs> all right. So let's so now we we've got the we've got the impeachment done drawn up. That's easy. Yeah. Because it's just a up down vote. Mm-hmm. It, you know, one one fifty plus fifty percent plus one does it. All right, so they go to they go to trial. Tell us about the trial. Yes, so um, the reason Samuel Chase um, was chosen for impeachment, um, he was a very political guy, and he made some comments while on the bench that um, might have been a little questionable. So a lot of the things that he did revolved around the Alien and Sedition Act. So there were four cases um, that they cited in the articles of impeachment um, instances where they believed um, Justice Chase's conduct was um, not becoming of a judge. Um, In one instance, it was the trial of John Freese. He improperly drafted an opinion on the law of treason before counsel had been given a chance to argue it. Um, In the trial of James Callender, um, when his attorney tried to argue against the constitutionality of the Alien and Sedition Act, he told counsel he would not be um, listening to arguments on the constitutionality of the act itself. Um, And then there are two instances with two separate grand juries, uh, the Newcastle grand jury and the Baltimore grand jury, in which Chase is accused of using his um, position as a judge as a political soapbox. So these are what make up the eight articles of impeachment. Um, They go into the specific misconduct and the specific language that that um, Justice Chase used um, throughout these trials. 
And they um, charge him with high crimes and misdemeanors, saying that this is not good behavior becoming of a judge. We believe he should be impeached for these reasons. Now, um, the the cases that he that you were talking about, one of them was um, was Calendar. Yes. Now, that one, that one, um, he made comments to the was a grand jury on that one. Let me see. He in that one, um, when the attorneys tried to argue against the constitutionality of the act, Chase stopped them, informing them he would not be hearing such arguments. Um, and he did make he was accused of trying to persuade the jury and making it clear where he stood on the issue. Yeah, I'm remembering now on, on calendar. It was very weak. The argument that they had on, on the calendar on the calendar issue. There was two different ways that you would summons the defendant to court. Mm hmm. And federal courts are only supposed to use federal procedure. Yes. And state courts only use state procedure. Mm -hmm. And Callan and, and Judge Judge Chase mistakenly used state. Mm -hmm. um, it was a mistake. Yeah. And one of the things that later was said, Marshall said, "I've done I've done that too." Yeah. <laughs> was, he wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. um, the um, the other one, the one that I thought was was better that they they had a chance of convicting. Mm -hmm. Was when he was when he was addressing the the uh, grand jury. Yeah. Do you remember which which one that one was? So let me see. The new in the Newcastle grand jury, um, Chase was accused of using his authority to silence Democratic press via the Sedition Act. And with the Baltimore grand jury, Chase went on a political rant to the jury, condemning Congress's recent repeal repeal of the Judiciary Act and the Democratic Republicans' intrusion into the judiciary. Yeah, I was hoping I could read that to you because it was bad. Mm -hmm. um, here, no, dang it. I was hoping I could give it to you. You know how it is. You can't find it when you need it. Letologica. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this, is, this is more than that. Um, I'm going to try one more time. So this is what... I got an actual quote from what he mm -hmm. said to the to, to the grand jury: "Where law is uncertain, partial or arbitrary, where justice is not impartially administered, administered to all, where property is insecure and person is liable to insult and violence without a redress by law, the people are not free, whatever may be their form of government." To this situation, I fe greatly fear we are fast approaching the late alteration of the federal judiciary by the abolition of the office of the 16th circuit judges and the recent change in our state constitution by establishing of universal suffrage and the further alteration that contempted contemplated in our state judiciary will in my judgment take away all security for property and personal liberty the independence of the national judi judiciary is already shaken to its foundations and the virtue of the people alone can resole it our republican constitution will sink into a democracy the worst of possible governments. The modern doctrines by our late reformers that have men in a state of society are entitled to enjoy equal liberty and equal rights have brought this mighty mischief upon us, and I fear that it will rapidly progress until peace, order, freedom, and property shall be destroyed. He, he, you're not supposed to do that. You're yeah. supposed to present facts. You're not supposed to, as a judge, you're not supposed to comment on the law. You're not supposed to comment on the fact that that there was a, 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 an objection to this form of interpretation of the law. He wasn't supposed to do that. He was supposed to have that grand jury hear the facts and decide whether or not to indict. Mm -hmm. That's, that was, to a lawyer's ears, that was painful to read, to, to say, to hear myself read. <laughs> <laughs> to, to orate. <laughs> okay. So that's the, the, that's the two. There were, the, the, there were several things they had tried to impeach him for. Some she showed were not that big a deal. Yeah. He used the wrong procedure. I don't think anybody's going to impeach a judge for making a mistake. That's why we have appellate courts. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, so you can tell he was a very passionate guy. And even in two of the cases they were trying to impeach him on, um, the counsel got so frustrated with Judge or Justice Chase that they ended up withdrawing and leaving their clients there yep. in the courtroom. So you can tell how frustrating this guy probably was. Right. Um, so he gets impeached. He is given um, a couple of months to get his argument together. He um, brings in defense counsel. It's a couple of key attorneys from the day um, who are there defending him. So they help kind of build up the the defense. And Chase's answer to the impeachment is, number one, um, that none of these charges are relatable to a chargeable crime. Um, Chase's actions and conduct were consistent with judicial precedent and history. And his conduct with um, Calendar specifically, which is one of the big things he was charged with, did not stem from a partisan desire to punish him. You know, it was he made a mistake with procedural law. Um, Chase correctly, he did correctly follow the Virginia procedural law in Calendar's case. And even if he had not, a judge cannot be impeached for a legal error alone. Um, and he goes on to quote, which I think is a really kind of sums up his argument pretty well. If any judge was impeachable for acting against law for ignorance only, it would follow that he would be punished in the same manner for deciding against law willfully and for deciding against it through mistake. So, was this was this Luther Martin? Who was that that you're quoting there? I think that was Luther Martin. Yes, Martin. Yes, Luther Luther Martin was a um, he was the kind of lawyer that you don't like to go up against because mm-hmm. he pushed the um, boundaries of decency. Very rough guy, tough guy say things he probably shouldn't say, but he did lay a foundation. He did a very good job in this and, mm-hmm. and Luther Martin probably should get a lot of key, but here I, but we, we don't want to gloss over the first part you said Yeah, that there was no crime that they could name. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of this whole thing. Now for, for, for Jefferson to get Marshall out, it couldn't be because of a crime. Mm-hmm. It had to be for judicial misconduct. Yeah. Or what he would consider bad behavior. Mm-hmm. All right. So what Luther Martin did was um, he started from the very beginning. All right, well, let's go back. You really kind of missed, I think. Mm-hmm. You start out, what did the prosecution say? What did the House of Representative handlers say? Yes. So the House managers. Um, they were first. That's why I say that. Oh, yes. It's just like a trial. It's like a criminal trial. Mm-hmm. They're first and second. Then they go back and do it. They get to rebut. Um. So they laid out an argument that um, basically if they were successful, their reasoning would greatly expand the definition of impeachment and would, if successful, increase Congress's impeachment powers. So they were arguing that um, impeachable offenses do not have to be indictable offenses and that because this isn't a criminal trial, um, the Senate is deciding on their own whether or not to impeach. Peach Justice Chase that no grounds needed to be proven. They only needed to show that he was that this was judicial misconduct and bad behavior. Um, and then a great quote that they have that I think really sums up their argument is Chase's judicial authority was prostituted to party purposes and the foundations of justice were corrupted by this poisonous spirit of prosec- of persecution that seemed determined to bear down all opposition in order to succeed in a favorite object. So they're claiming that he was using his powers, you know, as a political soapbox, that that's judicial misconduct, something that um, it's supposed to be independent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the important thing here is this, is that the lines should have been drawn Mm -hmm. just where she drew them. Is it is it only as the Federalists were arguing that you have to to have committed a crime? Mm hmm. You have to name a crime like in England. OK, in England, you're naming crimes. Or is it we have something brand new here? 
something and they and, and that was that was stressed by the, the handlers the, from the house some of them stressed this is not from england mm-hmm. all right but but something that's very important to note aaron burr who they were trying to woo him back because they saw this was going to be important and here's a, here's something that, that i don't know if you knew mm-hmm. they needed all but three of the democrats to vote for impeachment to get impeachment mm-hmm. if they lose three if they lose four they're out well they didn't have five in their pocket two of them they thought they could get from aaron burr mm-hmm. so they were dining him taking him to eat and he was playing it up letting him take him out to eat and everything but what does he do so so the royalist at from when you're looking at it from thomas jefferson the royalist want to say it's got to be a crime because that's what it was in england mm-hmm. that's what it was in hastings it has to be a crime. It has to be a crime. So what does what does Aaron Burr do? He decorates the hall where that that where that hearing's going to be and makes a model of where West Westminster, mm-hmm. where Hastings was. They put the same type of flag, you know, the same location of flags. You set the handlers at the same place. He put the 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 boxes where the people would watch it at the same place. He was letting Thomas Jefferson know, you're not getting any help from me. Mm-hmm. I'm just sticking up all this Federalist stuff. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And and the people that were there, the senators all knew about that. was big news that Hastings was being impeached. So I told you I'd tie this in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was huge. And 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 they had to prove crimes there. So what is what are the, the Federalists are saying? Well, you know, merry old England. Mm-hmm. We we're supposed to have a criminal. It's got to be criminal. Well, no, that's that's that. Jefferson said, I didn't write the independent Declaration of Independence so I could be dependent on England. Mm-hmm. No. How can you ever get somebody out for bad behavior if it's not an impeachment? That doesn't mean what you say it means. This is a new document. This is something completely new. You see what I'm saying? The battle, yeah. the yeah. battle lines are drawn. So one's trying to say, look, you got to have a crime or we're not doing this. The other one's saying, we're not England. We need to forge this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yes, isn't it, isn't it beautiful? I mean, it is. It is it's fun to see to see how it all fell together. Mm-hmm. So the problem was, though, Randolph unfortunately was chosen to be the person who was the presenter for the house. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the best way to put it is he's an idiot. You know, I don't know what else to say. He was an idiot from Virginia, total idiot, and he was trying to work with this guy Dwayne, which was a publisher, mm-hmm. to to get in Philadelphia delegates to vote i mean uh, senators to vote they were having trouble getting it together well um he he was an idiot he mishandled it he totally mishandled it i don't know if you got into that but but some of the handlers argued you did need to have a crime okay they they they, then they said he committed one yeah which he did not commit any crimes he was just unethical yeah just just yeah bad behavior yeah Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying right and and so that's what's important is that, that, that Burr signaled, <laughs> you're not getting my help. Mm-hmm. It was over probably right there. Then, then Randolph mishandles it by having six people preparing separately, not getting together and say, hey, we got to make sure we're on the same page here. And even Randolph blew it a bit. He didn't really understand the niceties of the, you know, what we do as a lawyers. We see these distinctions sort of like AI. You know, you can get the words and say them, but you don't know what they mean. Mm-hmm. And so, so they blew it. Mm-hmm. Or like our current president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can read off the teleprompter, but he doesn't really know what it means. 
So do you see the difference? Do you, you see what's yeah. going on here? We're, 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 one of us want to go back to England and say, hey, we're going to do it like Hastings. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the other one is, no, no, this is a brand new document. This is a new thing. We de- separated from England. We are, we, we do not allow our representatives, whether in judicial or the executive or the legislative branch, do bad things. That's why we have impeachment to get them out. Okay. Now, here's the important thing to note. Mm-hmm. I think there's it's it was a blank page when they did Pickering. Mm-hmm. There was no that was the first time. Yeah. Okay. So they started making the rules then. Now that would have been the DOJ in effect the, in the, the same Attorney General mm-hmm. would have been doing it. He he fell into I think a trap by using procedure from Hastings. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It wasn't substantive. It wasn't what the law is, is how do you get there? And he, ele- he elected to do it like Burke did with the impeachment in Hastings. Does that make sense? So now you kind of got the royalist approach to how we're going to do this impeachment. Mm-hmm. The wording was not identical impeachment. The impeachment for Hastings would have been high treason or misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. And I think the constitution says treason or high misdemeanors mm-hmm. okay the argument being are both either or right or so if you commit treason that's pretty easy you're we're gonna throw you out you got a crime mm-hmm. but the high misdemeanors what did that mean mm-hmm. and and it was backwards it was high treason or misdemeanors for for burke i, I don't know i mean for the, that's now you know they don't have a written constitution there did you know that in england yeah they don't have one it's all common law it's all mm-hmm. So, so it was a little bit harder to interpret, but I will say this, that when they did Pickering, they set that procedure up of having to do it just as you described it. Mm-hmm. And that's how they did it with, they've done it since then. They did it with Andrew Jackson. They've, that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so go, go, go. So now that's what happens is now they've, they've made their arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Then they put on evidence. Did, how long did it take a bit put on evidence? You know, I think it was a couple of, I know it took the, um, prosecution five days to go through all of their witnesses to go through all of their arguments and then it took the defense four days so not 10 days yeah. before it was done mm-hmm. um and and what was the ruling so the ruling um they acquitted justice chase on all eight counts of impeachment and the only one that was close was the, the grand jury is that right yes that one that one i think was by one vote Mm-hmm. A one vote, vote, one vote would have swung. They would have had it. I think that's right. So where it stands today, though, which are very interesting, is that as good as Luther Martin did, and he did knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, most constitutional scholars now hold that the Republican Democrat Republicans were correct that you don't need a crime that we aren't England. Mm-hmm. That we definitely that we that's the only way you can get somebody out for bad behavior. And the it's very easy to get an impeachment, very hard to, to convict. So if you ask me, it's working. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 working and we're doing it that way. So it's we're doing the bad behavior. Yes. We adopted Thomas Jefferson's view of it. And if you think about it, it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense because it is not punitive. Impeachment, you're thrown out of office. Now, once you're thrown out, they can go after you criminally, but mm-hmm. not, not, you have to have a jury. You can only be thrown out of office in the United States. You can't, in, in England, literally, the House of Lords would have heard that evidence and they could have convicted him and punished him. 
you can't punish them here. You can just kick them out of office. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I think that the Republican Democrat Republicans, I think Thomas Jefferson had this right, that it makes no sense. And I can tell you that Justice Marshall went. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was next. If they would have gotten if they had gotten chase, this this country would be completely different. Judges would be worried that if they were doing like some of these federal judges are now and mm-hmm. and doing what they want to do because they can and you can't do anything to them because by losing this case with Chase, that's why we have these judges that are out of, they're out of control. Mm-hmm. You have no way to get them out. You have no way to get a partisan judge out. That's how close this was to changing how our country operated. Really, I think... Um- Randolph was a very bad choice for presenting because I found a couple of articles that talked about firsthand accounts of people that were there at the trial transcribing. And when they just talked about his attitude and behavior, it was just he was aloof. You could tell he thought he had it in the bag because there was a majority of Democratic Republicans in the room and that it just was not a focused prepared argument. They had more than two thirds of the Senate were Democrat Republicans. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the other thing was, though, that's where I got in that Yazoo contract. Mm-hmm. Randolph, up until that time, till the Yazoo litigation and contract, up until that time, he was definitely swaying. He was definitely the power broker in the House. Mm-hmm. No question about it. But he used up all of his political capital in Yazoo and and he lost it and he was not prepared he was not prepared. There's no question. I've seen the transcript to it. He he was all over the place, sort, yeah. of, sort of like I am. Can't remember names and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, if I'm going to do something as important as impeach an associate Supreme Court justice, I won't be ready. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. So think about how it would change us if we had it now that every judge knew that if they started doing something unethical, something lazy, something bad, that they could get impeached. That would change things. Mm -hmm. The problem I see with it on the face of it is how does that not come political? What is bad behavior, right? Well, it is political. Well, I get it. Let me just say this. Partisan, let's say. I'm, I'm trying to make that point that I don't think that in the United States that impeachment is legal. It's political. Now, you would think that us saying that's the current law that you could take out judges, but by losing, by losing to Judge Justice State, by Justice Tate, by Justice, that's a state Supreme Court Justice, <laughs> Justice Chase, um, his, bad, his behavior was bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, if you did that now, people would stone him, right? Um, it, well, you know, there was Depending some of that. Well, there was some, Yeah, that's true, because what, what's her name was, before she died, she was out there making political speeches like, but this was to a grand jury. Oh yeah, yeah, that's different, mm-hmm. right? But so, so yeah, I think it's political, Glenn. I don't. I think that 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 ultimately the Republican. My point is, would we not be in the same place? No, we'd and be except in a different way. <laughs> I think that what would happen is, is the is the judges who were really not being judges, they were being political, would get politically thrown out. So, so you know, Trump would come in and knock <laughs> out the judges that are being bad. And okay. then, and then once I think that we can name some Trump judges that would get thrown out. Okay, if they if when they when when the Democrats won, they that the that the Republicans judges would get kicked out. There are certain ones of them that are, they're political, they're political animals. And so the long and short of it is, it was never stated because it wasn't court why they ruled against. Mm-hmm. If it was because 
Did they rule against impeachment because, or did they vote against impeachment because they thought that you had to prove a crime? Or did they vote against impeachment because they thought, well, this wasn't bad enough behavior. As bad as it was, it wasn't enough to kick them out. Or did some of them being, might have been as smart as Jefferson and seen the three moves ahead? Well, all I know is that nobody's tried to impeach another one, as far as I know, have they? Nope, he's the only That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Marshall won. Yeah. That, that, that they need, that, if they could have, if they could have found him guilty, you know, or, or what is it? Guilty is not guilty. Is not the word they use, is it? No, yes, they use not guilty in that. Did you see that? I did not. No. They voted on that. And the word they were going to use is guilty oh, or yeah. not guilty. And by doing that, it made it sound like it was criminal. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, you got to understand that that was a, that a Democrat Republic controlled by two thirds still went with the language guilty or not guilty. So you would think that that means that now you have to prove a crime. But I don't think that that's how they're interpreted. At least they didn't with, with Trump, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he breathes, that's illegal. You know, really, truly, I think that the proper way to read the Constitution is that the, that the you can indict them, mm-hmm. you can impeach them from the House. It's easy to do. Now you go convince those guys, however you want to try to convince them. Mm-hmm. The Senate, you go to the Senate, try to convince them. Try to get two thirds. You get it. It doesn't matter the reason. I believe that's what it's set up for. I really do. You go high crimes and misdemeanors is very vague. We don't know what it really means. Mm-hmm. But you go over there and try to present your case. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. And I think that I think that most senators are gonna be like, hmm, I don't know if I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then they, you know, when you point a finger, three are pointing back at you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I find that extremely interesting this case, did you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I loved looking into the history and just yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, also it it was interesting because, you know, I didn't know this had ever happened. <laughs> so knowing that you mean someone actually tried this and it failed because <laughs> i've wanted a lot of impeachments lately y'all it really is kind of funny that it's not something taught yeah it should be it should be taught i mean when you're doing uh well we don't teach civics anymore anyway that's part of the uh <sighs> In my opinion, that's part of the grift. Uh, we don't teach, you know, I was taught in grade school about citizens' arrest. I was taught about that at Mayberry. Mayberry. Citizens' arrest. Citizens' arrest. Yeah. Well, I was taught how you actually do it. We had a film. Really? That showed how you do a citizen's arrest. Mm-hmm. And I doubt that's. No, I never had that one. Yeah. Well, I was, this was in Kansas City in Overland Park. Wow. Wow. Civics. I got, um. Excuse from school to go. Reg- I got to take a half day to go register to vote. I got to miss school. Excuse. So I looked for reasons to miss <laughs> high school. I think that you know. I really believe that that is part of your education. Mm-hmm. Can you skip and get away with it? You need to learn. How- <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so high crimes and misdemeanors is what you're advocating. Have you heard that? I'm not telling you that story. I know we're on uh, the um, secretary went to our tenth anniversary mm-hmm. from graduation and. Um, she went up to me and she goes, I just been, been wanting to tell you this for 10 years now. I said, what? I, I know your mom's handwriting. It was messy and you couldn't read it. That must've been your girlfriend or somebody writing those notes. <laughs> I said, why'd you let me go? Cause everybody there wanted you to leave. <laughs> 
somehow I believe that. <laughs> you were you were you were training for your future career. <laughs> I thought I was so clever. Yeah. We but, just wanted you out of there. So so that's where I think we are. I think I think that you we next time you see impeachment, you're gonna see it differently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's you know, impeachment, impeachment, it just seemed like it was so why do we just keep having impeachments? You know, and Bill Clinton being that time that it, you know, we finally there was a president in recent memory that was went through an impeachment. You know, we were I remember during Nixon. Oh, we're going to impeach him. We're going to impeach him. We're going to impeach him. Then he stepped down. Yeah, I think they might have got him. Yeah, they might have got him. But Uh, I mean, what crime did he commit? He didn't. He didn't. You see? Yeah. They had to get him for for a quote cover up. Corruption. Yeah, I guess I could say Aiden and abetting. Mm-hmm. Aiden and abetting. Yeah. <laughs> Another now, movie reference. Now, G. Gordon Liddy. You might have, anyway. He committed a few. But, but, but anyway, I think you'll see it differently. I think we all will see it differently when you consider it in, 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 the, in light of the fact that you can see why after that case, why nobody wants to try to impeach. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, and, and I'm glad that it is so hard to do, but there are a few I'd like to do. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I do think that there would be incentive of the judiciary to stay ethical. Yeah. I think they would be more careful. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think errors of law will ever get you there. But I do believe this. I believe that the founders of the Constitution intended it to be political. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's what I got out of reading this. You know, and, and it's it, Henry Adams really covers it more, deeper than anybody else I've seen. Mm-hmm. In his book, uh, it's a history of America uh, during the first administration of John Thomas Jefferson. That's how particular it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just very, very two volumes, precise. two volumes of about four years of of his office, mm-hmm. and then two volumes of his second year mm-hmm. in second term, and then two volumes of all of uh, Madison's term. So eight years in those two volumes. It's, it's six volumes for. What sixteen years? Yeah. Um. He he got he went to into depth with it. Was quoting it, and and I remember that's why I had us read it because I remembered I was, I was telling you. you said we got to talk about this because um I do believe that most people don't know this has happened. Mm-hmm. No. I, why does I would guarantee almost nobody. And I do want to say this real quick. I think I figured it out. Jim is right. I'm not a historian. Not by any. I'm not, I've had one college course in history mm-hmm. and it was on Louisiana. Yeah. It wasn't even on federal. Mm-hmm. I got this reading on my own. I'm, I'm a lover of history. That's mm-hmm. a better way to put it. I just like reading it. And, and a historian would come on here and, and carve me up. I know that, but I bet he can't be as interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nor can he makes the leaps in logic but, uh, that need to be made. In this case. Yeah, this 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 would be a legal historian here. Mm-hmm. I really, th- I've, I've read that story several times. That's why, like I said, I, I, I thought about it. So this would be a good one. And I thought really for a law student mm-hmm. to have to have seen this and to understand the importance of Marbury, which he already had. Mm-hmm. He wanted, he did not like that Marbury versus Madison opinion at all. And I think he could have been impeached on that one. And the reason so, he didn't have subject matter jurisdiction. What does that mean? That means they didn't have the authority to hear that case. In the yes, court. he had no right to write that opinion. Mm-hmm. His opinion should have said, I don't 
have jurisdiction. That would have been the ethical thing to do. We know that. Glenn, if you don't have subject matter jurisdiction, if you, if you go to court, in federal court, and you go all the way to appeal, you try the case, you go on appeal, and you find out you don't have subject matter jurisdiction, it's vacated immediately. Why don't we vacate Marbury versus Madison? I was, yeah. Immediately. Well, I was just about to ask you that. Like, why is there a reason that the early court didn't do that? Like, like within the next 20, 30 years after that opinion? I don't know. It, it would, you could say it was dicta, yeah. meaning it was, I, I said it anyway, but it, he had no authority to write that opinion. Mm-hmm. Zero. And that is, it's precedent. Oh, that's the first thing they teach you, even in undergrad. Yeah. versus Madison, judicial review. That's. It. Yep. All should never have been written. Mm-hmm. If he would have been ethical, if Justice Marshall had been ethical, he would have said, ah, I don't have jurisdiction. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have subject matter jurisdiction. That's all he needed to say. Bye. Wow. Yeah. The most important opinion in the United States history should never have been written. Wow. And now we're still dealing with it. Yeah. Well, no, it has created a a judiciary that we're worried about how old our guys are getting. They might die and and have a conservative one replaced by Biden administration when and then you can have abortion again. And, you know, we're we're, we're, the, the heartbeat of old people. We're all watching it. This is stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous how powerful Marshall made the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. But it's what you're going to live with. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you you know that you don't have any, any business writing out on an exam. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> that is supposedly why there were so many people opposed to Netanyahu when he recently got reelected because he was going to change the Supreme Court in Israel so they couldn't just write law. The only thing I know to do now is to make 59 of them. Every, Isn't that what Biden was trying to expand the court? Well, not that many. What I want is 50. I want to amend the Constitution where there's 59. Mm-hmm. You, you have nine that are done traditionally like they are now. And then the other 50 are appointed um, by one for each state. By who? You know, I don't, I don't care if you say it's the Senate or if you say, you know, the senator or if you say the governor does. It. I would say the governor. Let the governor do it. And yeah. then when he's out, his guy leaves. Yeah. So you only four, you only four. I would stir the pot for sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I want. I don't, I don't like this. But can fifty nine people make a decision legally? No, that's the point. Yeah, you can. Fifty nine is an odd number. But I mean, what I'm saying is, how long would that take to Uh, get fifty nine people or the majority to agree? You vote, and the most senior one writes it, Mm. like it is now. Yeah, I mean. So, so I don't know. What I know is that this isn't working. This is ridiculous that we're so worried about. Supreme Court justice is dying. Well, is there anything else I've missed on this? No, I think you co- we covered it very well. We did, I think. Do you want to clean up or you you always, you always pot, spot paint? All right. Well, I think it's very informative today that this stuff we think is so new is not. And that it's been going on since we started the country, literally. And so when we're sitting here seeing how divided and horrible and blah, 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 you know, we, we go through this. You had a bunch of white men who were that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who own slaves, no by the way. <laughs> okay. So uh, they, I just think this is more about people. I think it's about how your media is influence you. And here's what I will say to all our listeners. If you see a lie enough, it becomes truth, especially it's all you see. Now, if you delve into it, you can probably figure it out. It's not truth. But if you just hear it, very dangerous. So remember that when someone is pounding away 
with a what's basically a headline. Think about, okay, what's the counterpoint to that? That's the only way you're going to get out of that thought process, in my opinion. And if you delve into, all right, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's uh, partner, said this. He said, they asked him about some, you know, thing in finance. And he said, I, I don't have an opinion on that. He go, what? You don't have an opinion? He goes, until I can argue the other side fully better than the other mm -hmm. side can, I cannot have an opinion and I will not form one. So I think that's where you've got to go when you think, when you're sure, and remember this, people who are sure are not necessarily right. Mm -hmm. So you always look at the other side, look for the debunk. And it'll help you get through these different things. Well, I, I'm, I'm on in on my part of you. Is there anything you would add to this? No, I, I think that pretty much sums up. Um, yeah. Again, it's just comforting to see I bet that. you had no idea it was going to be this deep, did you? No. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's nice to see. I won't, okay. I won't say nice, but you know, humans have been this way throughout our country. Yes. So it gives me confidence that this will per persevere as a country. Yes. And it's been, it was a really, really interesting time for me to, to concentrate on, to mm -hmm. take those eight years and really learn it very well. That's the only reason I know this happened because I'm like you guys, I don't think if it, were, if it weren't for Henry, Henry Adams, I don't think I know about this. Yeah. That's what made me come aware of it. Um, real quick to let you know this, that of course, you know, I've been proven wrong. Mm -hmm. I thought that I really started learning history after law school, mm -hmm. but we know that's not true. Because I was reading the Thomas, the Thomas Stalin um, when Karen Carpenter was when she died. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it for a while. But but I will tell you that what got me interested in history as a lawyer was I was reading the Federalist Papers mm -hmm. and they were talking about historical things. And I had no idea who they were talking about. Thucydides, um, Pericles, his wife. Uh, what's her name? Comes to me with this. I think. I anyway, Lithonomia. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's why I did it. And it's it's very, you can do it. You just have to decide to do it. And I do think that to be an effective lawyer, ultimately, you need to know history. Mm -hmm. And and I encourage you when the time comes that you do do that. But, uh, good, but I do believe that. Have you heard even anybody during all this impeachment stuff bring up Justice Chase? Not at all. No. Why would they? And <laughs> I'm just saying... We have to keep our eye on the prize if you're in the media. We don't have a functioning media. Either side, by the way. All right. Well, thank you guys for your yeah. list. For, thank you for your preparation. I know I kind of dominated this one, but it, it, I'm, I'm passionate about this topic. Yeah. You yeah. can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, I, um, and I appreciate your ears and listening. And I can tell you did listen and, uh, and you were prepared. You named a few things I didn't know, but this is the first podcast you haven't given me some type of, of nugget that I can take home all day and go, man, that was brilliant. This I'll was just a, regular, regular intelligence. I'll have a really great one for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Victoria. Thank but you, I will listeners. say, it, what would help Victoria get that nugget? <laughs> if she went to the Houghton PJs. And had a delicious French roast or perhaps a roast 35, a coffee. Uh, all natural. Did, all natural Red Bull is there as well <laughs> with boosted teas. They come in wonderful flavors. And of course, the frozen hot chocolate. And I know that's an oxymoron, but uh, frozen hot chocolate is to die for. It's been oxymoron week. Thank you, Glenn. Thank uh, you. Thank you, listeners. And, and especially you people who have been commenting for us it is helping us yes if we get much. comments it helps us thank you we'll be back tomorrow with 
at least a dynamic duo. At least. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.